Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I'm going to read that again. Pure and genuine religion. Who, who here wants pure and genuine religion? Like it's, it's, it's authentic. It's honest. If somebody looks behind the curtain and looks the same on, on both sides, it's, it's what we think about. It's not just something we project on a Sunday. Right? And that's what he was attacking here. It's like, oh, look how religious I am. Look at all the things I do. No. Here, here's what it is. And it's not... It doesn't come with bells and whistles. It comes with widows and orphans. In Harvard, you do not take a course on how to take care of widows and orphans. It's, it's how to maximize your profits. It's, you know, all of these things. Nobody cares about widows and orphans. That's why it's dealing with this. This is a concept of taking care of people that, that aren't going to uh, help your bottom line aren't going to help you gain, uh, unless you're Madonna and you're adopting 16 kids from Mali or Malawi or wherever she's picking them up from. Uh, but there's, there is nothing great about helping widows and orphans in this society. But there is something so tremendous in the kingdom of God. And this is who we are called to be, taking care of widows and orphans. Especially in America, in this capitalism world that we live in here, where we are always pushing to the next thing, the next level. We've got to grow more. We've got to, got to do this. We've got to achieve this. If you've just bought this car, well, now there's a new model. You've got to buy that one. And if you just bought this product, now, you know, you've got to get the next one. Apple has done a fantastic job of that, and many of us have fallen prey. If you bought the iPhone 14, I'm sorry to tell you, it's the iPhone 13. <laughs> just with a new number. I was a little disappointed when I read this verse because it doesn't say pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for your own children. There's no credit. And upon realizing this, I sat the kids down and I said to them, we're going to have to let you go. (laughs) It only counts if they're orphans. So I'm getting no credit for my own children. If you want to be a real Christian, the title of the message today, switch out your kids for some orphans. My son, who's turning 13 today or turned 13 today, he, uh, he's been trying to become an orphan his whole life. From uh, uh, when he was two years old, we discovered that he was really wanting to become an orphan. We were, uh, somebody had rented a house for us and and, uh, we were in Aspen and um, my wife woke up early one morning, he was two years old and uh, he wasn't anywhere in the house. He was gone. And as you can imagine, moms, 
she's freaking out and she's like, I can't find him. He's not in the house. And I took her by her shoulders and I looked into her eyes and I said, calm down. We can make another one. (laughs) This is a true story, but... Anyway, so my wife runs up the driveway and she's looking and there a man is walking up the street holding my son. And he walked up to this man and said, can you pick me up? My feet are cold because he's out there, no shoes. And it's just like somebody adopt me so that he could be a blessing to them that they could fulfill this verse. The next time he tried to get adopted uh, was on the same trip we were at uh, the playground. And my wife and I are there talking, and, uh, and we look down, down the road, and we see this woman carrying a child. And my wife says, wow, that boy looks so similar to Joshy. And then we're like, wow, he's even wearing similar clothes to Joshy. And there he is on some woman's hip, just chilling while she's carrying him up back towards the playground. And I know you want to judge me, but I've got a verse for you. It's coming up, so just hold it. Then we lost him at SeaWorld. I don't know if you've ever lost a child at SeaWorld, but there I was a little nervous because after 40 minutes, we still couldn't find him. We had to call security and everything, and I, and I just thought to myself, my son must be beside himself, not being with his parents for 40 minutes. Anyway, when we found him, he said, uh, when's lunch? <laughs> And most recently, we lost him in Italy. In uh, Milan at the Dumo, uh, it's this huge third largest church, and uh, he wasn't very excited about being there. But um, anyway, so we said, okay, go wait for us at a certain place. And we got there, and he was not there. And shame my wife uh, started to worry, and she's like, we've got to find him. And I said, she's like, what do we do? What do we do? I said, honestly, I think we should go get lunch. I have zero worry that somebody's trying to kidnap my son. <laughs> but uh, I'm so proud of my boy. And uh, anyway, uh, and, and church, you have been such a blessing in his life. The men in this church, the women in this church, you take such time to be kind to him. And that fits into my message because it's of no benefit to you. It's just who you are. Taking care of the widows and the orphans. This is about a, a, a way that we live and, and, and to those that can do nothing back to us. There's nothing my son can give you or do something yet. You take the time to always greet him and be kind and nice. And you don't just do it for him. You do it for everybody. Everybody that walks in your kindness and your love. And that's why this church is growing. It's not because, you know, we've got all these fancy things and, and whatever it might be. It might be the popcorn, but I don't think so. <laughs> it's because of the genuine love and kindness. So I want to commend you on that, that God is calling us to look out for those who can't look out for themselves. It says in their distress. And then it says, and to keep yourself from being corrupted by the world. It's a choice. We go back to to, uh, what we learned about Lot. First he set up just looking at Sodom, and then he was in Sodom. We keep ourselves from being corrupted, and it's as easy as changing the channel, or I'm not going to watch that movie, or I'm not reading this post that's going to rile me up and make me hateful and upset, and whatever it might be. You make the choice. You don't have to 
a take in everything that's coming at you. There's some things I won't read. There's, there's some music I won't listen to. There's some movies I won't watch. There's come, some conversations I won't have. That's my choice. And obviously the Holy Spirit empowers us to be that. But it's my choice that this doesn't go further. I don't want to propel things that my father didn't stop in my life. That I want to not propel that into my son's life. Keep yourself corrupted from being corrupted by the world. And one of the ways is by looking out for those who can't take care of themselves. Being kind. And it's not a box to check. Pastor Arthur, how many widows did you help this week? Uh, I got four. Three? That's not very good. It's about Lord... Would you position me and would you put me in the right place at the right time? Because that widow and orphan might be at the airport. It might be the Uber driver. It might be someone you, you, where you're ordering your food from. It can be anywhere, but it's, it's about not being so self-absorbed that we're just trying to achieve our mission. Our mission is to help those who are in distress. Have you ever had a hug from God? Many times it comes feeling like somebody else who took the time to care to come and put their arms around you? Has God ever personally written you a check in your time of need? It probably came through somebody else. When we get up in the day and we say, Lord, would you use me today, rather than just being consumed with our own problems, and we have enough problems. The Bible even says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's, Today's waiting for you. But even in that, we are called to help those who are in distress. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Those people that are not the it crowd... Do you realize how much our society trains us and shows us who's important and who's not important? All the time. You don't realize that you are being programmed for that all the time, that this person is worthwhile and this one's not. If you earn $1,000 an hour, I guarantee you people treat you different than if you earn $5 an hour. Our society teaches us that. If you've ever been boarding group four, you know what that feels like. Nobody cares about you, boarding group four. (laughs) My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Now, this isn't a question of, oh, I'd never do that. We all have biases and bends towards certain things. It's a thing of catching it and asking God to help us. Lord, I don't want to favor because somebody's got this or got that. You know, because you have something you need and they may be able to fulfill that need, then you're all like, ah. We can all fall prey to that. We treat everybody the same with kindness, with love. If you would give your chair for a rich person, you would give your chair for a poor person. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. God is is looking at us saying, hey, that's my creation. We have these different values and everything like that. Would you put on um, the slide of the 
the airline um, signs for me there, please, Sam. When we were in Europe, this was the sign they had. This isn't, this, this picture's from somewhere else, but they had a sign like this, priority and non-priority. And this is when I started thinking about this. Like, now, now priority's boarding. And you're like, see, son, that's a priority person. What are we, Dad? We're non-priority. <laughs> Do you see how we've just accepted this? This, this, this segregation, this whatever it might be of these people are important and these people are not. If you wear Prada pants, you are important. If you shop at Gap, you're boarding group four. <laughs> the problem is, is when we take on that attitude with others. And it happens in churches, unfortunately. People are treated differently based on what they can give to the church versus based on who God has brought that person into be. How many of you love the movie The Water Boy? If you haven't seen it, life-changing. No, I'm joking, but it, it's enjoyable. But I think what we love about that movie is here's the, literally the water boy that nobody cares about who ends up becoming the football star. And, and God has unlimited supply of things like that in our lives where we are taking care of someone just because he has asked us to do so with zero benefit to us and then he uses that to be a blessing in our, in our lives and, and in, in, in other areas and at the end we're going to watch a video that's just so beautiful about this exact thing where we don't realize the impact that we can have every single one of us here we think it has to be a pastor, it has to be a boss, it has to be a this, it has to be a that. I'm going to show you how somebody's life was impacted and then gone on to impact millions of others because one person decided to be kind and to take a step to help a widow and an orphan. Just somebody that really didn't matter in society's ladder. You with me? It's, uh, it's so funny because, uh, you know, we have the Airbnb at the ranch. And uh, this has happened on multiple occasions. Uh, so guests come and I'll ask if I can take their bags, if I can carry their bags for them, and I can, you know, do these things. And um, some, some, some groups we have, uh, they like treat me like, like I don't matter. And I don't say anything. I take their bag. They're like, well, can you give me some water? I'm like, sure, and I'll get them some water. I do this for my own sake and my own heart because I would much rather be in that position than become prideful. You hear what I'm saying? So I put myself in a position to serve, and I do it with joy. But then later in, in their stay, they find out that it's my ranch, and they go like, oh, oh, wow, it's beautiful. But just before that, when they thought that I was just a worker or just a thing, their attitude was completely different. And I pray that us as believers in Christ, that never happens. That whether we meet a movie star or whether we meet the cleaner of the movie theater, we, we, we act the same. And I hope that those sweet people that serve us our popcorn and get us our drinks on a Sunday morning, that they, when, when they talk about us, that they say they are such genuinely kind people. 
We say please. We say thank you. We say, hey, you don't seem yourself today because we took the time to notice what their normal persona is like because we care about the people around us. You cannot help the whole world, but you can help someone in this world. Just help somebody that other people are overlooking. Let's carry on. For example, suppose someone comes into the meeting dressed in fancy clothes like Dina and expensive jewelry (laughs) and another comes who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give some special attention and a good seat to the rich person but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or sit on the floor. Doesn't this discrimination show your judgments are guarded by evil motives? You see, we've accepted this because it's all around us and it happens all the time. You'll go to a a restaurant and they'll tell you, oh, sorry, we're fully booked. But then some movie star comes in and they're like, oh, yes, table for 65. (laughs) That's going to happen in the world because the world is full of sin. But it ought not to happen with us. Let nobody ever judge us of this because it is evil, the Bible says. Now, it's different. Uh, don't, don't think that you have to be friends with every single person. We're different personalities and we're different things. That's not what this is saying. This is talking about our kindness and our outlook towards those who, who are in distress, who are in trouble, who are in need. Let this be something that marks who we are. In our society, we, we really praise the wrong things. There, there are people who have a, a lot of money and therefore they have a lot of fame and they have a million you know, followers on Instagram, even though they're terrible people. And then there's other people who are genuinely good people that nobody cares for because they don't have what society upholds. Yet they are coaches and teachers. There are, are people who are, are in service work. There are moms and dads and uh, uh, small business owners and whatever it might be that every day make the world a better place. But we're looking at this, and, and not to say that if you're a basketball player, you're not a good person. There are, there are fantastic examples as well. But we see a lot of bad examples that are then upheld as, look how awesome this is, just because they can throw a ball well and because they're rich. No, we need to reset our standards on what we hold up as this is what we uh, uh, celebrate. Faithfulness in marriage. Hi? Caring for the widow and the orphan. It's, It's... It's so important because it stops me from just thinking about myself and I have to put myself in a position to now take care of others. And if it's got to do with with busyness, then we'll never do it. Who's busy? (laughs) Everybody. Everybody's busy. You're always going to be too busy to help somebody. You're never like, I've got nothing to do today. Maybe I should help somebody today. It's always going to come at the most inconvenient time. It's never convenient to, to, to make an impact in somebody's life. It's deprioritizing our own mission and prioritizing somebody else 
so that their life can be impacted and changed. How many of you have, have been the widow and the orphan where somebody took the time to speak into your life in a time of distress where nobody else would have given you time of day? Beautiful. And here you are today. Maybe you never saw that person again. Maybe you didn't even know their name. I've had instances like that where I was in a, a real trouble and, and, and God used a stranger that I wish I could find them again to say, look, I will tell you, and I think I've told this, this story before, but uh, I was having a lot of trouble uh, with my visa. I was in Colorado and I still had to work. I didn't have the option. So I was driving with an expired driver's license and um, uh, I got caught speeding, which never happens. <laughs> But anyway, I was doing uh, like over 17 and 55, which is, which is a, a, a no-no. Plus, I didn't have a driver's license. Plus, my legal status was in question. And the cop that pulled me over, he, he, said, he told me all these things. And I just sat there because I knew, like, my life was in his hands at that moment. And he said, what do you have to say for yourself? And I said, sir... Please have mercy. Do you know that he did? He had mercy on me that day. And here I stand today. What, what if he didn't? Now, by the law, he should have deported me. He should have done all of these things. So why I tell you the story is because I have a lot of people in this room that love me and would like to not see me deported. And now I am a citizen, so don't worry. But... <laughs> But here's the thing. Sometimes we get so judgmental and hard on things and hold these lines when we don't know what it's like to have the shoe on the other foot. And there I was at the mercy of this police officer who had every right. I was, I was breaking the law in several ways. And he had mercy on me that day. And then the, the rest of the story plays out. But that's what I'm saying. You have the power in many instances to be that person. Because in many instances, whether it's letting somebody in the line in front of you. Have you seen how people want to stab people in lines? Just because they cut in? <gasps> we used to do this thing, and this was probably a sin. But just to rile people up, wherever there was a long line, we would just go and just cut in. Not because we even wanted to be in that line just to get people excited and their blood going. <laughs> oh, and people get worked up. Why? Because we hate to think that somebody might get ahead of us. What makes us so mad? I've been waiting here. How dare you? You don't deserve to be here. I've been. Recently, when we were traveling, um, uh, we were boarding group five, just so you know. And... Uh, um, they were, they were at like boarding group two or something like that. And, and I misunderstood what the guy was saying, genuinely. And so I went up there and I called my whole family. And then there were some other guests next to us who I was trying to be kind to. So I called them too. Say, <laughs> so now, this is a long line of people that I've created. And my wife is like, oh my gosh. And Jordan's like, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> And now we're stuck because I've told everybody, yes, it's our group. Come on, everybody. And <laughs> off we wait. And then the guy's like, no, it's not your group. You just need to stand off to the side. I was like, I'm very sorry. My wife made me do it. But 
And then the guy's like, ah, oh, just come on. And <laughs> off we went. Favor. But that guy in that instant had, even though it's something so small, so small, he could have been like, no, you go back. He just showed a little grace and a little mercy. And that, and I'm not a widow and an orphan right now. Yet kindness goes a long way. And when it is in your power to do good and you do not do it, it is sin. And it doesn't matter if you are, are young. It doesn't matter if you are old. It doesn't matter if you are rich or if you consider yourself poor. Whatever it might be, I'm telling you, everybody has an opportunity to do good to somebody else, no matter where you are. And if you work on, in the DMV, you can change lives. Just smile. We all have opportunities to do good. Listen to this. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. This is a big deal to God. It is a big deal that we show mercy. Here's the thing about mercy. My, my daughter and I were having a, 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 a lovely chat on the way here. Mercy has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with what you decide. The other person doesn't play in the scenario. It's more about who you are and what God is doing on your heart. That cop didn't know anything about me. He didn't know my story. He didn't know where I was at. He didn't know how, how hard we had worked. He didn't know any of those things. But he had mercy in his heart and he shared it that day. And remember, God is watching. And I'm not, oh, I better be merciful. God is watching me. No. That verse is really saying, hey, we have, we have been given so much. God has been so kind. How dare we withhold kindness and mercy from others? I bet you that somebody has done something in that situation. Have you ever been let into a long line where someone's like, oh, you can come here? Do it for others. On the highway, you know where the cars are backed up long ways like that, and there's always those guys that come right at the end and pull in. You seen those guys? When you see me doing that, let me in. But what's the alternative? The alternative is getting mad and frustrated and angry because that guy cut in rather than, no, I gave it as a gift. I remember my mom said this to us. So uh, in South Africa, one year we got cleaned out four times. I'm telling you, they took everything. And, and my mom said, and I was so angry because I, I, there was this video that I'd got from America, this, this preaching video on this guy who went to heaven and, and I'd paid a lot of money for it. I'd waited, you know, at that time, months to get it and, and I'd watched it once, and then they stole the VCR and my video. And uh, my mom's like, hey, don't get mad about it. Rather, give it to them. You know, just in your heart. I give that to you. And maybe one day I'll see that thief in heaven. He'll be like, I watched the video, and, you know, God convicted my heart. Not enough to bring your VCR back, but he convicted it. <laughs> It's better to live life this way. 
to live in, in God's pleasure as we are being kind and nice and that to people. It doesn't mean we don't correct it. It doesn't mean we don't take a stand. But there's, 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 there's times that we are called to be this way at taking a back step so somebody else can, can have that. Uh, I remember once we were at uh, Six Flags. Anyone been to Six Flags? And, and, and uh, we had lined up a long time to, to get the front. You ever, you ever ridden the, the roller coaster on the front? It's, it's a whole different ride compared to the second row. And uh, we, had, we had lined up for a long time, and um, we weren't uh, uh, going to make the front. And there was a man with his kids, and, and I'll never forget this. And he said, oh, you've never ridden the front? Oh, I've done it. Here, you take the front. And he sat behind. I never met that man, didn't know his name, but it's moments like that that will leave you different. And, and I didn't come to Jesus. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? It was a roller coaster, but it's just living in kindness. Watch this video and we'll close. Thank you. I have a lot of memories from when I was a child. One that's always stuck out to me though was when I was about 10 years old and I was in school and I struggled. And I, I didn't struggle with English, math, or science. I struggled holding still. And I would try to listen and focus and process ideas, but I couldn't help myself. And then to be honest, I would sit there and then I would just start tapping. And the students in the class would look at me and they'd say, hey, stop tapping. A lot of the time, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then eventually even the teachers got after me and they would yell at me and they'd say, Clint, you have to stop tapping. It got so bad that I got sent to the principal's office for tapping. And he said to me, okay, maybe when you go back to class, just try sitting on your hands. And so I did, I went back to class and when I felt myself starting to tap, I just, I did this, I sat on my hands. And that worked for about five seconds. One time I was tapping in class and my teacher, Mr. Jensen, he looked at me and he yelled. And he said, Clint, stay after class. And I thought to myself, this is it, I am done. Now I've always been the type of person that believes that a single moment in time can change a person's life. And this was one of those moments for me and I will never forget it. And so I was sitting there with Mr. Jensen and an empty classroom. And he walked past me and he sat next to his desk and he said, Clint, come here, I want to talk to you. And as he looked me right in the eye, he said, now I need you to know something, you're not in trouble. But I do have just one question that I have to ask you. And he asked, he said, have you ever thought about playing the drums? And in that moment, Mr. Jensen, he leaned back and he opened the top drawer of his desk. And he reached in and he pulled out my very first pair of drumsticks. And he held them in his hands and he looked at me and he said, Hey Clint, you're not a problem. I think you're a drummer. And from that moment on, I've never put those sticks down. I've toured, recorded, played drums all over the world. My whole college education was paid for with drumsticks in my hand. Just because of a single moment in time when somebody believed in me and he
he saw something in me that I didn't even see within myself. And from that moment, I learned that there's a difference between being the best in the world and being the best for the world. Isn't that beautiful? And each of us, the Bible says that we have been predestined for good works. We've been prepared for good works. You don't have to wonder if God wants to use you to do good things. It was written. It's been pre-prepared before you were born. He's prepared for you to do good works. But just like we choose to keep ourselves from being corrupted by the world, we choose to step into the plan that He has called us, that we can be kind, that we can be a blessing, that we can be like Mr. Jensen and impact somebody's life. I'm sure it was frustrating for that teacher to have the little tap tap going on all the time. But he saw past that and decided to not just be another teacher who was complaining about him. You have that power. You have that power. Of course for your own children, of course for your, your spouse. But even sinners just take care of their own family, right? We look beyond. God, how can you use me today? Even this day, this Sunday. God, what do you have? I try to teach my kids wherever we can. We were eating at an olive garden, Joshi and I, and I. And I said, okay, you're in charge of the tip. And our meal was like $25. And they put a hundred dollar tip. I was like, sure. <laughs> but we won't know what the impact was for the lady who was on the other end of that. But I'm more proud of my children learning this principle. That waitress was never going to do anything for us. But maybe that hundred dollars helped her. Maybe. You don't know. But you be kind anyway. You be kind anyway. Because it pleases our Father and... It impacts the world. It will. It will. It will. Selfishness never helped anybody. Generosity, kindness, looking out for those in their distress. You will change the world. Would you uh, stand with me if you don't mind, please? We can't give what we don't have. We, we, we get to the end of ourselves. We, we, we run dry, we get frustrated, we get mad, we get all of these things. But this that I'm talking about has to come from the Holy Spirit. It is a gift of God to want to give beyond what you have in your own hands and in your own life. So if this is something that you want, and maybe you operate in this already and you say, Lord, I, I want to make more of a difference. We just ask Him. It says that for wisdom. If anybody lacks wisdom, ask and expect, don't doubt. Well, what about for kindness? What about love and grace and to, and to not just see somebody the way I see it, but to see beyond, beyond that. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word.
We thank you for the people who have been kind to us to help us get to where we are. And let, let us never forget that, that we are not self-made anything. We are a product of you using people in this world to be kind, to help, to be generous. The opportunities we were given, the people who hired us, the uh, people who rented us an uh, apartment, whatever it might be, there have been people that have been strategic in helping us, that we would be strategic in, in other people's lives. Fill us with kindness, Lord. Help us to catch our negative thoughts when we want to be selfish and self-centered. And not just see what, what's right in front of us, Lord, but to see what can be the way that you see. Change our hearts. Lord, any, any, any things we have where we favor others and not other people, Lord, that we would treat everybody the same. Thank you for your word today, that we... We take hold of your word and say, yes, Lord. We want to change. We want to be more like you. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.